0: welcome to the author blur podcast so today i'm speaking with ruth sharp we discuss her book the lake effect it's the first of two we'll see how many so with that being said i appreciate you being here and i hope you enjoy the show i'm going to be discussing quite a bit as at least as much as i can with ruth it was as always i love the authors i talk to it's another good conversation And it's a conversation I think you should enjoy as well. For those watching the video, I appreciate you sticking through. You're going to be seeing changes as I keep trying to find a service that is the best option for me to provide you a video service. Other than that, the audio people, you should notice any difference as I go through and work on trying to get things settled with programs. So... Again, thank you. I'm trying to make this as best as I can for you. I hope you enjoy it. Leave a comment, a review. Email me through the website at authorblurb.com. Those are perfect places for you to tell me things you like, things you don't like, things you'd like to see improved, or things you'd like to see added. Even if you have an author that you want to suggest that I try to reach out to, you can reach me there. And while you're there, you can also see Ruth's profile. You can see... Other profiles, you can find the show being aired there and links to where the show and other shows are being able to see on your favorite provider. So with that being said, again, thank you. And I'll talk to you at the end of the show. So I'm here with Ruth Sharp. Ruth Sharp has written a book called Lake Effect. It focuses on a thriller, mental illness. I mean, the reviews that I read were outstanding. But instead of me going on like always, it's better to let the author discuss herself and her book herself. So Ruth, thank you for being here. Can you tell everybody a bit about yourself and your book so they can get to know you a little?
1: Sure. Well, thank you for having me, Eric. So the book is, it it, it does deal with mental illness, but it it mainly is um, a coming of age story. And It's a little troublesome. The main character is a little troubled. Um, So, if you're looking for this overly feel good, you know, coming of age funny, that's probably not for you. I like to write books, um, and granted, I've only written one, but I like to read books that have interesting characters and that are not cut and dry, that have great discussions about the decisions that they made, the plot, how it unfolds. And you know, at the end of the day, I would remind uh, readers that this is a, a fictional book. So while I did research on mental illness and parenting techniques and, and this and that, it it is a fictional plot. Now, could it really happen? Sure, it, it could happen. You know, there are difficult things that people go through and they make bad decisions. So, um, you know, one of the hardest things about talking about the book is to not give it away. So I just it, it is an easy read. It's it clips along on the on the plot and but the characters aren't particularly likable. So if you like that kind of um a book where it, it prompts a lot of discussion and a lot of, you know, teetering on the gray area of morality, then this is the book for you. And I'm going to hold it up real quickly before I forget. I'm holding up the book. It's called The Lake Effect, Impulse or Instinct. So, and I had a, um, a a subtitle because the lake effect, um, there's different connotations to that. So, um, and it's really about the main, the characters, impulsive activities, or is it instinctual activities? So that's the discussion.
0: I understand. So that sounds very interesting. And I'll be honest with you. When I first read, before I looked into you, you emailed me, I read the title. And my first thought was is I grew up in Northwest Ohio where the lake effect would literally send chills down you because that's when the water just, the wind hits the water. Comes down and freezes the living daylights out of you. (laughs) So, so to me, it instantly screamed, "Chill it, bone chilling." (laughs)
1: well it's it's uh yeah and and i might say and and that's part of the reason why i did a subtitle is because we don't want people to think that it's a nonfiction book about the lake effects it's you know (laughs) um there is uh you know connotations to that and and so yeah no i appreciate you you bringing that up though so So
0: and what i've gotten from it is it seems like from what i've read from what i've heard about the book it starts off with a girl in her teens and follows her into her early twenties. And what what does it really pertain to? Because I'm, forgive me, I'm a little lost on it. Where I understand it goes over a long span, span of time for this girl. What is she facing? What kind of things is it? A mental illness? Is it crime? What is it really? What's the premise well, of the story?
1: The premise of the story is that her her parents split up her mom abruptly leaves and she's trying to deal with this and she lives with her dad and her dad is um, a very busy lawyer and and she has all these questions and all these insecurities and it's really a, a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she relies on her best friend to to help her through it as we as kids all do but it's really just her quest to figure out what happened what happened why did my seemingly perfect family break up. And, and I think a lot of kids do this. They they hold all of their insecurities and their feelings deep down inside of them. And at some point in their lives, it has to come to the surface. And so for Lexi, it comes to the surface when she's in college. Um, and again, I don't want to give a lot of the book away, but it is this coming of age. And it's a little dark. You know, I'm not going to, like I said, if you're, if you're looking for this feel good, funny, you know, kind of story, no, it, it's not. And, and I really don't want 13 year olds reading this even though um (laughs) even though the main character is 13 and she ends when she's in college and there's a little bit of a love story in there um but you just have to like interesting characters you really do yeah you have to like interesting characters so but it's for like 20 year olds and then into it's really from 20 years old and up
0: all right i don't i don't want 13 15 year olds reading (laughs) so basically what you're from what I'm gathering, is, is the story starts off, but it's meant for older people to develop and that are developed enough to understand the consequences yes. and everything that happens.
1: Yes, that's, Teen- that's an excellent way of saying it.
0: Thank teenagers, they are they might have some intelligence that would be worth it, but they're not fully mature enough to understand every bit of it, I would imagine. So there's right. there's different, from what I've read, there's different factors in the book that are quite complex and quite traumatizing as well. I think I heard one situation was um, that Lexi, I think the character's name was, she went through a instance and not to give it away, hopefully, but I think I heard you in another interview say that she was raped in a situation or one of the characters was.
1: It was a near rape. Near rape. I was a near rape. And, and so, yes. And I think that's, okay to tell people um it it wasn't near rape and i made a decision from the very beginning that i was not going to get graphic on on anything this is about psychology psychology um mm-hmm. you know i had to go through that it, it, you know it's really just about teenagers getting themselves into you know above above their pay grade so to speak right. you know um you know, and and different parenting and and where were the parents and how did that affect them going forward? And um, her friend had took that experience and went in a different direction. And Lexi went in a different direction. So, which I think happens all the time with kids. That's why you have oh we were such good friends in high school or junior high and then we got into college and you know we went our separate ways or even if they went to the same college sometimes right you're just you're just developing and so but yeah you're you're right there was a near rape
0: all right so how did this story come to be I mean what what got you to write the lake effect and think okay this this story needs to be told or I just can't help myself I have to tell this story
1: so I, I don't have. A background in writing per se um i i've, I've always been an avid reader and mm-hmm. so when i i had a business prior to to doing this and and i uh, i sold it and then i had some extra time on my hands and i thought well you know i think i'll go to a community college and just take a writing course a creative writing course and it was an assignment that was given to us you know how english teachers will say you know let's do five minutes of freestyle writing and they did give us the prompt and the prompt was right about a lake where a murder had been committed, but you can't tell the reader that an actual murder had been committed. You have to kind of dance around the issue. And so that's where Lexi came about. Or maybe it's not Lexi. <laughs> You've got to read the book. Uh, so and and my teacher says, I love how these characters are flawed. You know, it was only right. a couple paragraphs, but and I just thought, okay, I'm going to go with this. You know, I kind of surprised myself, which is why I think it's good to take these sort of um, liberal arts courses, whether it's as a 20 year old or as a 40 year old or whatever, because it, it forces you to use your imagination, it forces you outside your comfort zone,
0: and um,
1: so it was really a good experience. And I give my professor kudos and the acknowledgements. So, um, all right, yeah,
0: so. So you started off with just a few lines. Then you ended up starting to write more. What I guess, where did you pull the information from? What because mental illness? I mean, it's it's a bundle of things going on from what I've read. That you have focus going into the story. What brought all of it together? How did you develop it?
1: Well, first of all, I you know, there's a couple different ways that I think writers write. Um, Some writers make out an outline, you know, they have an image of what they want their characters to be doing, where they want Mm -hmm. the art to be. And I just sort of sat down and said, okay, I want this character to be 13, 14 at the time, wherever, you know, kind of young. And I Mm -hmm. want to show the reader Because I always want to know what happened to these people, even whether it's in real life or not, what happened to these people when they were young? You know, what happened to them and to their formative years? So I started writing from that perspective. And then I was like, okay, I want mental illness. And so I researched some mental illness, um, but um, and just kind of took it from there. And, and uh, you know, Dr. Google said, well, there are these certain <laughs> things that are exemplified when you have mental illness. And so I kind of touched on a few of them. Um, I didn't want it to be like a term paper where, oh, she does this, check it off. She does that, check it off. I just want, you know, I just took a few of them and then just sort of extrapolated um, the the plot from there. And uh, so yeah, and and think about mental illness is which also makes it a great discussion is that it's not always cut and dry you know it's like well you have symptoms of being um sociopath or are you a psychopath or you know what are you and and so and i had a um a psychologist read it and she gave me this big, you know, and it wasn't finished at the time, but the majority of it was done. And she said, well, you know, I think it maybe it's this. and I think it's maybe it's that. And and she really enjoyed reading it. So that was also like, OK, this is good. You know, maybe I'm on the right. I, I just I just want it again to be full of discussion. And if you're in a book club and you know, there's always somebody who has expertise in this or expertise in that and it's like you know okay bring in your expertise if you work in a mental institution or you are a psychologist or you're a school counselor you know bring in your expert it's chock full of discussion is is what i you know um so that's kind of what i did I did some research and then let the creativity um stem from there
0: all right so you're from everything i've heard it used to be called a pantser. Now they call it a discovery writer. <laughs> oh, but, really? I
1: did not know that. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when like, when I first wrote my first book, I kept hearing everyone call it a pantser. You're writing by the seat of your pants. Right. By the time I finished my third book, it was you're a discovery writer because you're discovering. And I'm sitting there going, so basically it's the same thing, <laughs> except for it doesn't sound as crude, I guess. Right. Or, that's a
1: good way of putting it. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, you basically you write the same way I do where you like to know you don't you have an idea of the story, but it's what's coming makes the exciting, which from what I've heard, a lot of great writers do the same. So how was it when you're writing the story? Was there a lot of emotional coming out? Did you bring stuff in from your past, put a little bit of yourself in any of the characters, anything like that?
1: Well, a little bit in some of the lighter moments. um, I, I did. And and I wanted to make sure that I had the right social um, yeah, social like uh, fabric of the, the early 2000s. I wanted to make sure that the, I got the songs right and like some mm-hmm. of the TV programs and, you know, um, and of course I was around in 2000. So, you know, I pulled a little <laughs> bit from from that, but mainly I just tried to let the characters talk to me as As I'm writing and and let me tell you, it is not it, well, you know this it's it, you know you have to look forward to that. you have to look forward to i'm gonna write um from ten in the morning until two, and I'm just gonna let these characters talk to me, you know, they're like your little friends and um so that's kind of what i did and and I just somehow I weaved it all together, and I just I, I don't know, I don't even know. I try not to get off on a tangent and ramble on these types of questions because i really just don't know what to tell you it's just (laughs) i just sat down and i started writing and i thought oh, this would be a good a good thing to have them happen and um but i will tell you that i originally started out wanting to vacillate between the younger version of lexi and the older version and then it became too difficult i mean this is my first book and i Mm -hmm. and my writing coach said you know i'm glad that you kept it to when she was young so and and also what that does is that it makes it ripe for a, a a sequel.
0: And that's what I was going to ask you as well, is if you're planning on going into a sequel or making this a multi-series book.
1: You know, I probably won't make it a multi-series, but I do want to write another one because there's a lot of questions that are the main questions of what happened to Lexi when, and her parents. That gets answered, um, but you know she's only 22 21 when the story ends there's still a lot that she has to work through and it was a good place to stop the book um now it's just a matter of how do I want to proceed from here
0: all right
1: so yeah
0: and I think if I'm not mistaken, this takes place in a small town in New York somewhere the Catskills the the Catskills
1: the Catskills yeah um, and I don't know, again, I don't know why I picked that. I just, I didn't, I'm, I'm from the Midwest originally, and I just didn't want it to be in the Midwest. I didn't want it to be in Denver. And I just like, I just picked this. So I don't know. Anyway, I was going to um, fly out there and take and get a good feel for the city. Um, mm-hmm. but then COVID hit and I had to cancel my plans. So I was looking forward to, you know, getting all the five senses by going up there. But, um, so maybe this time I can do that.
0: understand. So it's a small town from what I remember hearing. What was it that made you decide to put the setting in a small town? I mean, most usually there's one of two reasons I see a small town as if you're trying to bring out a, I guess, a sense of closeness or people set them in big cities so that they have more diversity to choose from. And people don't really question roads and streets in big cities as much from what I've noticed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and why did I set it in a small town? Um, I guess in the back now that I'm answering the question is I just wanted it to not clutter my mind with, well, we need to incorporate big city things. And maybe that's my inexperience of being a first time writer. I just kind of wanted to keep it simple. And I, I, I grew up in Omaha, which is not a super small town. I mean, it was small in comparison to New York or, you know, all those cities in Ohio. And um, so I kind of knew that it's the idea that everybody knows each other and Mm -hmm. that you get a little bit of a a false sense of security. Um, I do think that there are small towns and then there are small towns. There are small towns (laughs) where it's really healthy and people kind of help raise each other. Um, And then there are small towns where it's very catty and it's not healthy and you just can't wait to get out of there. This was sort of in the middle. Um, I, I didn't talk a lot about, um, the other the the town itself and so again I think in the next book um, I might delve into that again you know again I'm a first-time writer and I'm sure it's not perfect but again I just wanted it to be a good discussion and I think I did I think I nailed it quite honestly if I may say so myself
0: well I was going to say from the reviews it looks like they're all four and a half to five reviews for the most part there's one that I think somebody put a review, but didn't leave a remark, so you don't know if it's accidental or I always figure if you leave a one star review and you don't put anything down, you mistakenly rated the book.
1: <laughs> How about we just go with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it could have been, um, but you know this book is not for everyone. i'm'm I'm, um, right. it, it's it's not. Um, you know, my sister started to read it, and um she said, you know, I just I just do because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was, I think she just didn't want to let herself go there, and and I get that, and it's, you know, right. she's a good sister, you know, other than that, but, so, I, I get it,
0: it's all good. I understand, and yeah, I mean, if, if, if one book was for everybody, then that would be a weird market.
1: <laughs> We'd have no <laughs> discussion.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, since this was your first book, while writing it, what kind of emotions or what kind of feelings did you have as writing it? Because writing a thriller, I know like when I, my first book I wrote, it drew a lot of different emotions as I wrote it to bringing out all these different ex- moments of excitement and different moments of fear and sadness and all the different things that occur in the story. What did your book bring out while you were writing it, if anything?
1: Well, what it brought out was And what I learned from it was, you need to sit down and just do it. You can think about these and scheme in your head um, but since you are a pantser or a discoverer, you need to just sit down <laughs> and do it and right. you need to stop whining about it. You need to stop procrastinating. And, you know, and that's why I hired a writing coach because she kept me on track. You know, I mm-hmm. had to have 10 pages to her every Wednesday and, um, and she gave, you get that constant feedback and it was well worth the money. Um, and, and then to see it all kind of come together because I have, I think, as you know, when you write You'll think, oh, this is a great sentence, or this is a great paragraph, and I really want to use this. And right. then sometimes you have to cut those and edit those out. But mm-hmm. I was, and I did have to do that on some of them. But there was this um, whole section of the book that I had written, and I really wanted to incorporate it into it, and and I did. I was able to get that all in there, and um, I won't tell you what part it was or anything like that. But you know, so that was my only. It's like a little anxious, a little intimidated highly intimidated but it was a great learning process like you know I, if i sit down i can do it
0: right yeah and i've always said that everyone has a story it's just imagine it's just the the issue if you have the drive to actually sit down and write that story because i mean One way or another, good or bad, everybody has a story. It could be a junk story. But, I mean, my four-year-old tries to tell me a story every day, it seems like.
1: (laughs) Oh, sweet.
0: (laughs) So, but with that, what else, I mean, what else did you learn? What kind of mental illnesses did you actually look at that you either did or didn't put into the book? Because right now, mental illness is a big topic that a lot of people are addressing, What is it that you used as a basis or went off of for your book?
1: Um, There was schizo, uh, schizophrenic. There was schizoaffective disorder. And then there was just your psychopath, sociopath. And it really kind of comes down to because like schizophrenia is a um, is an imbalance in the brain. I I do know that. And I didn't want it to be more like like that. I wanted it to be a little bit more subtle. um, And I but I also didn't want it to be real preachy, you know, and I and I didn't want to come across as the expert. I just said this is the signs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do address the actual labeling of this towards the end of the book. And and but that's from the character's perspective. And again, this is a fictional book. It's it's not a nonfiction, but those were kind of the ones that I vacillated between sociopath and psychopath. And, um, you know, without getting off on a tangent, there is a lot of evidence that childhood trauma affects your DNA. And you think, okay. well, you're born with your DNA. Um, and there's a doctor, a pediatrician, her name is Nadine Harris Burke. She did... I think, or Berkus. she did a uh, TED talk on this on how it's a long story. But in the 90s, she got a bunch of kids together. And she started noticing a pattern that when you have like one or more childhood traumas, and it could be not just that you were hit or that um, your parents are divorced. And it, it's just it's an accumulative thing. It's where you're constantly in this fear mode, Am I going to fight or am I going to flight? And when you're small like that, and it's continuous, it changes the malleable part of your DNA. It's a fascinating read. Um, hmm. And ironically, I had not known about that prior to writing the book. And I'm not saying, oh, I was so, um, you know, I had was so forward thinking. It's just it just kind of happened that way. But haven't we always known that childhood trauma affects the decisions that you make
0: going into adult life? Well, you know? yeah, I, yeah. So that so that I will agree. So changing the DNA, I really do don't have a clue of that to me that has the to... the
1: malleable part of the dna okay there's, yeah there's a malleable part and there's a, a technical term for it and i don't want to get it wrong <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I understand
1: yeah but it's a it's mm. a malleable, but it can also be fixed too right. basically with love and support so right. anyway so, again i don't want to get off on a tangent on that but I understand you know so, lexi did go through childhood trauma so
0: right and yeah i mean That is something that I think everybody's always known is any traumas you, if you go through trauma as a child, as an adult, different things, those things will come and affect your decision making. I mean, I've, I can tell you people I grew up with in the same town, same settings, all this. And you would imagine that if we, if it was all about nature, then we all should be turning out close to the same point where that wasn't the case. And I did grow up in a small town where, Literally, if I did something, one of the people would yell at me, you better get home or stop doing that. Or I'm gonna tell your mom or things like that. I mean, where they know, where everybody knows everybody. So it's either stop doing that, or your mom's going to whoop your butt or, I mean, just different things. And believe me, growing up, I did a lot of stupid things. And I can honestly say out of everybody I knew growing up, the only person I was ever afraid of was my mom. She's the only one I know that could just wail on me and I couldn't do anything about. And in a small town, if your mom's wailing on you, you everyone knows you screwed up.
1: Because so, it's the moms that talk, right? Yes, Typically. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So with that, I do see where you're coming from, the different effects and things like that from at least what I grew up seeing. So let me ask this as well. So we know Lexi is the main character of the book. Mm-hmm. Are there other characters in your stories that people should pay attention to that it's not just Lexi, but a story is normally not just a single person unless you're like that um castaway with yeah. uh, where, <laughs> where the Tommy's. only other character was a, a volleyball or something?
1: Wilson
0: (laughs) yes Wilson
1: well and you know and that's a great point you know Tom Hanks or the the producers the directors made another character you know (laughs) out of out of Wilson but no there are there's basically four main uh, five characters um and it's Lexi Lexi and her mom everybody wants to know about the mom and so um that's probably where I will focus on my next book is mom. And and again, I just don't know how to, how to do all of it. And what I did learn, like we talked about was to not try to figure everything out, you know, just wait until I'm in a, in a place where I've kind of got this book underway. I've, you know, marketing a book is like a whole other baby in itself.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I know well enough. I, I have to get back into my marketing. It's, I shut everything down just so I could pay attention to the podcast. But, yeah, I mean, it's it takes a lot in between, what is it, BookBub, Amazon ads, everything. It It is a large portion that people don't think about that authors do deal with, especially self-published authors. And I believe a lot of traditional authors now are dealing with their own marketing as well. So, I mean, people think... Oh, you write a book, you throw it out, and then everybody just buys it. No, that only. would be, yeah, that would be great. Not the case though.
1: <laughs> no, no, and and it's I don't know about you. Sounds like we're a little kind of on the same page with that. I, I can really only focus on one thing. And, and they they say that you should start writing your book, your next book, you know, right now. And I'm like, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you're right, but um, I also don't want to just throw something out, you know. Right. Um, Especially since people, if if they are going to be vested in this, you know, if they mm-hmm. are going to be vested in Lexi and want to know what's going on, I want to, I don't want them to be disappointed in the second book, you know. Sorry. Right. Anyway, I, I, I get, I get what you're going with that. But,
0: um,
1: but right. yeah, there are other characters and everybody wants to know about the mom.
0: So. Okay. So the second book going to be bringing a bit of focus on the mom, you thinking?
1: I think so. Yeah. And I want to know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what about? I want to know book? what
1: happened to the mom. You know, like we're all learning this together, which I think is kind of exciting.
0: Right. Yeah. So what about the first book? Is the mom just? You said the mom and dad split, and the mom just disappeared. Is what you said? If I'm not, if I'm thinking right.
1: She did. And um, again, I don't want to give too much away. And I know right. you're not asking for that. I, I'm just. Yeah. The mom. The mom is integral to just you know Dr. Phil always says um the most important person in your, in a child's life is the same sex parent the same yeah so well, for girls growing up the most important relationship is their mom for men growing up you know, for boys growing up it's the dad you know and Right. Yeah I get that. Um, I mean and he's not saying that the other parent doesn't have any right. influence but of course they do you know so right. in fact it's probably important for women to see that men are good men that yep. you know my dad treats my mom right um i need to find a man who will treat me right and mm-hmm. boys are like well you know i need to respect my my i respect my mom I, i'm going to respect my my wife and etc cetera, etc cetera. you know th- this goes down a whole rabbit hole of right and i agree with you there too yeah
0: <laughs> right and again that that could be a whole nother show and conversation altogether. together right. so with that, it sounds like it's a very interesting, intriguing book. It sounds like the Lake Effect is something that people should look into, should get, especially if they love. Now, is it a crime thriller, a suspense, or how do you actually, how do you actually label this?
1: Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, psychological thriller. It's kind. I mean, it's kind of a mystery, but it's not a mystery like. Oh, there was a murder and, and who did it in which room and with, you know, which weapon and, you know, the
0: clue,
1: (laughs) you know, yeah, clue. And, and it's it's not like that, but it is a, like, okay, what's going on here. And, um, it has a twist at the end, I'll be honest with you. So, um, I personally like twists and, but to answer your question, I think it's been labeled as a psychological thriller, um, women's fiction, um, somebody told me it was more of like a new adult genre, which is for twenty year olds. They're like grown up but not quite adult yet. Um somebody told me it was a contemporary woman's fiction, um, mainly probably because the characters are not particularly likable, but they are right. interesting. So we kind of move it around. I'll be honest with you. But I did not write this book. I think it's important to note, oh, I'm gonna write. A thriller i'm gonna write a women's psychological i just wanted it i guess i did think well i'm not gonna i have boys in it but i'm a woman so right i can identify with girls so i made the right. main character a girl you know that kind of makes sense um yeah. but i didn't go into it thinking i'm gonna write this kind of a genre or that kind of a genre i just knew i wanted it to be fiction and i wanted it to be um have flawed characters and i wanted it to have good discussion
0: so when you're saying flawed characters so to me any character that is believable has flaws because the perfect character, nice. the perfect character is annoying as hell. Excuse me. It, <laughs> I think I can get away with not believing that word, but <laughs> the, the perfect, when you read a character, that's just immaculate, perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. You're really, you're like at first, Oh wow. Look at them. Fantastic. Then it's like, well, this is annoying. I I don't have any real expectations of this person because the perfect person is supposed to do everything right. They know what they're doing. It's the people with the flaws. Most stories I've read, I found that the people with flaws tend to be the type of people that you really are drawn into. Good, bad. Like my characters, he's very caring, very – the main character is very caring, very attentive towards his friends, the ones close to him, but everybody outside – He's considered a monster, too, so he obviously has flaws mm-hmm. what What flaws are you saying that your characters have that you're that you're looking at? because, like I said, any character without flaws is definitely not somebody that's worth listening to or reading about
1: well, you know, and it's funny that you mentioned that about perfect characters because the person who told me, and it was a book buyer uh, for a small bookstore, and she read the book, and she said, people, it's a new adult genre, in her opinion, because People in their 20s and stuff, are—they t- people are tired of reading about the Nancy Drews of the world, you know, if, if right. you know Nancy Drew is. And I the yeah. And, yep. and all of those where they, you know, everything is perfect. And I said, well, that's good because my character is flawed. And again, Eric, I don't want to, you know, give away the the book. But, I mean, she's kind of, um, you know, the way my husband said it was, and this is true, Lexi is a little too big for her britches, you know. Which
0: most teenagers tend to be.
1: I remember yeah and and this book is not up my husband's alley. So, I mean, he's going to look at it with a little bit of skepticism, like, you know, I would never read this. This is just that I'm like, okay, you're going to read it (laughs) and you're going to give me your feedback. And, and of course, you know, he's, but he's right. Lexi is a little bit too big for her britches and she doesn't have the parental um, support there. And um, she just kind of punts and sometimes when you punt you really punt you really fumble so um those are what i mean flaws and the dad is like a typical kind of dad you know he pays the bills he he loves his daughter and but you know when you're a trial lawyer um you know and and it's just again i just thought they're they're flawed and kind of a um i think people are going to be able to relate to them um So again, not a book for young kids. So I really like 18 and older to read this. And I always try to say that on every podcast Um, This is for 18, 17, maybe, you know, but 18 really and older.
0: I understand. So this is not your Hardy Boys or Nancy Drews for those of us that do know who they are. Yeah. But but with that being said, it sounds very interesting. So I'm going to encourage people to go find you. And I have a profile of you set up on authorblurb.com where people can read a bit about you, the information you gave me, and a few links. You have a website as well. Do you prefer people to go to your website to find you? Where do you prefer them to locate you and get in touch or ask you questions?
1: I guess I'd like them to go to the website, um, um, com. Um, or they can, they can they can go to Amazon and, and read about it and see the reviews and, and all of that. Um, I do put some some blogs in there. Um, I try to give some snippets of the lake effect. I give some snippets of um, the, the future book I've written a little bit um, mm-hmm. with the caveat of. I may not use any of these snippets in the in the next book, so don't hold me to it. (laughs) And then then just uh, miscellaneous writing that I've done. You know, I kind of want people to know me and that I'm not I am flawed. Right. Ask my kids, ask my parents, (laughs) ask my husband. You know, I I am flawed, too. But I'm just kind of a regular person who's decided to uh, take their hand at writing. And um, so that's yeah, I guess the answer to your question is to go to the website. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I, I so appreciate it. this. Is, this was great. This was a good interview, I have to say. Yes.
0: Well, I definitely enjoyed having you on. And thank you again for being on. So if you can hold on for one moment, this is going to be the end of the conversation for everybody else. And once once we're done, we'll talk. And again, I do appreciate it.
1: Okay. Well, thank you.
0: So there was our conversation. I thought it was a good conversation. Like I said, My conversations with almost every one of my authors that I speak with are just phenomenal. I learn a lot from them, and I enjoy the conversations very much. I hope you do as well. So after listening to Ruth, you can always go to her website. All the notes are in the show notes. You can go to the profile that I have set up for her and all the other authors that's been on here, in case you want to find them, at authorblurb.com. While there, like I said at the beginning of the show, shoot me an email. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Leave a review on where you're listening to this. Anything to help me understand what I can do to make things better for you or what to keep working on that you do like is well appreciated. So thank you again. I hope you go to the site, look around, see some of the other guests, see some guests coming up that you might not have heard yet. Find your next favorite author. They're out there. I'm going to help you find them. And until then, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.